This week, one of our favorite stops along our journey from Baja to Alaska, the sister towns of Stewart, British Columbia, and Hyder, Alaska. Plus, one state that's trying to solve the problem of no-shows at state park campgrounds. Can they do it? All that and more on this week's episode of the RV Miles Podcast. Fall is coming. Let's get going. L.L. Bean wants to help you make the most out of this spectacular season with gear tips and advice for heading outdoors. For fall hikes, when it's cold in the morning and warm in the afternoon, layering becomes very important. You don't want to get chilled and you don't want to sweat through your clothes either. A good rule of thumb is to start out dressed as if the temperature is 10 degrees warmer than it is. So once you start generating body heat, you won't get overly hot. For more tips, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com guide. Welcome to episode number 291 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two RVers who, along with our three boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, have been crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip since 2016. Here at RV Miles, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from industry news to travel destinations, our national parks, and a whole lot more. We are we are enjoying that hometown life, having a good time here in the Midwest with all the end-of-summer festivities that have been going on and we are prepping for our big homecoming rally in Amana, Iowa that happens in just a couple weeks. We're very excited. We're very behind, but we, <laughs> we, we got a lot of stuff to do and we're, we're getting there. We're getting stuff done and uh, it's going to be a big fun event. Do you have a few spots available? If you want to show up, we can squeeze you in. Uh, just uh, just let us know or go go register for it. But we're at this point, we're, we're locking in orders with caterers and stuff. So we need to to sort of cut it off. Yeah, I need to tell Casey's how many pizzas I need. So, you know. <laughs> and if you don't know what Casey's is, let me just tell you, they currently have a commercial running that they call the Midwest Breakfast. And it is an ad for a pizza, a breakfast pizza and a soda. Because you should be allowed, according to Casey's, to have breakfast pizza and a soda, and one of those sodas did look like Mountain Dew, so they do not discriminate for those of you concerned that Mountain Dew is not an option. I, it I, is an option. I believe Casey's Pizza is the state food of Iowa. Don't quote me on that, but it's very, very possible. I don't know. It might be the state food of Missouri, too, so I don't know. <laughs> Missouri, Missouri gives Iowa a good good run for their money with the Casey's Pizza and the gas station change, frankly. You got the quick trip. People love their quick trip oh, down in Missouri. I love a QT. You get a big gulp from quick trip and there you go that's road trip jam right there oh my goodness so we wanted to kick the show off this week with talking about the state of california there is a bill on the governor's desk it has passed uh the state legislature i talked about this bill in a news video several months ago uh, about how california is trying to solve the problem with people not showing up to their reservations at state parks. We've all seen it, or at least many of us have seen it. If you're not an RVer yet, maybe you haven't, but if you show up to any state park anywhere in the country that you had a hard time getting a reservation for, it was pretty much sold out. You felt like you got one of the last sites and you get there and like a third of them are empty. There is a problem where people don't show up to their reservations and either they forget about it uh, or they they book well in advance and decide that they're not going to use it because they're so competitive to get. Sometimes, you know, when that window opens, people just book a bunch of weekends and then don't use them all. Uh, sometimes people book extra days because they don't know about their plans for their trip. They mm -hmm. might be like, oh, I, I'm hoping to plan on this day, but I'm going to add two days in advance and two days after. Stuff like people do stuff like that. Or and some people... Just only book a few days and then show up thinking they have. <laughs> thinking they'd book two, two weeks. That, <laughs> thinking that's they a different problem. That's a different that's, story. But part of the problem is that there's not too many consequences for people that don't show up uh, other than losing the money that they paid for that night um, or people that just don't show up for several days later. So what California wants to do to fix this problem, they've passed this bill. It will go into effect on January 1st if the governor signs it, which seems likely 
is that if you don't show up, your your reservation will be released that next day, which seems like a no-brainer that that everyone should basically be doing. If you and I, you know, I get that they run into vehicle issues or that mm-hmm. you know whatever their tra- travels are slowed down for whatever reason. One, I think in those instances you can call, right? I do think <laughs> we have these things called <laughs> cell phones, phones, and there are even hard, email addresses, even, even texting now listen, to state park campgrounds. Believe it or not, we have been in that position, yeah, and we have been able to call and we have been yeah. able to work with someone. If you don't call. And your spot gets released. I'm sorry. That is 100% on you. Like, it's just too easy these days to get a hold of somebody. So that's one thing they're going to be doing. They're going to be limiting the number of days you can reserve uh, some of their most popular campsites in the country. Some of their most popular campsites in the state. So some of them you will be limited to up to seven days in the very, very popular campgrounds. California has 220 state park campgrounds. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, They will be uh, limiting to 30 days out of a year for some of the most popular campsites, and they will be doing a lottery for some of their most popular campgrounds as well. So, you know, the, the ones that you go online and you book that, you try to book it when that window opens up and you're like one minute after the 8 a.m. window mm-hmm. opens up and they're all full, their solution to try to solve that is to have a lottery for those very, very popular places so that you pre-enter a lottery and then hopefully, you know, it's a more fair and equitable, equitable way for people to get chosen to get those campsites. Which we're starting to see a little bit more of. Like, I know that is yeah. something now you can do through Camp Scanner. And whereas you can go in and you can say, and I want, you know, to keep an eye on these particular parks. Now, yeah. here we're talking with California, a lottery, but something like a Camp Scanner where you just get to go in and say all across the country, I want to keep an eye on this national park or this state park. And at least there's starting to be a little bit of a response to that. But the problem still is, is that, Unless someone releases the spot, you don't have any way yes. of knowing. And then there's yes. that solution of, well, what if I want to grab that last minute spot that someone's dumping or they don't show up? How do I actually get I access to that? Because yeah. if they don't release that person's eight day spot because they didn't show up, well, it's just eight days that it's reserved. And it m- might seem ridiculous to you that the that's that's something that happens out there but that that is the regular mode of operation for most public campgrounds if somebody has a site booked for two weeks and they don't show up they will leave that site empty absolutely and not let anybody book it in a lot of states it's a big problem especially with army corps of engineer campgrounds a a camp you know campgrounds we have talked about constantly we love an army corps of engineer campground not only for the sites the locations but also the price is you can't beat it and so some of these campgrounds some of these army corps of engineer campgrounds will only be twenty dollars a night well if it's twenty dollars a night or if you're using your senior pass and that becomes ten dollars a night yes, and, and becomes you really affordable yeah, yeah you yeah. hold that spot and it's seven nights seventy dollars and for whatever reason, you can't make it $70 for seven days at, say, an Army Corps or a federal campground. That isn't even the equivalent of most private parks one night fee. Yeah. And you can imagine if somebody uh, lives in an area where they've got a campground that they love to go to mm-hmm. instead of, you know, paying a couple thousand dollars for a seasonal site somewhere or something. They have their local great Army Corps of Engineers campground, and they've got that senior discount, and they're paying $10 a night. The beginning of the year, when that window opens up, they can book 30 nights for $300 and just decide when they want to go. Yeah. Just book every weekend through the summer if they want. And we want to keep affordable campgrounds like this. We want these places to continue to exist. But we also want these places... To be used, to yeah, be enjoyed. It, and so how do you find that balance? the price, getting the price higher is one solution to the problem. It's a solution that not a lot of people love, right? Uh, but that is a solution to raise the price so that it hurts. Yeah. But what, so another thing that California is going to be doing in order to help try to alleviate the situation is they're going to be giving people a credit that can be used for up to five years if they cancel before seven days, uh, seven days prior to their arrival. If you don't cancel before seven days, you lose that money. Now, 
there are issues with that, though, hmm. because say it's less than seven days. There's no incentive then for that person to call and cancel. Yeah. Because that money's already gone. Uh, but they are going to, uh, part of state law will be that people will get multiple emails reminding them about their reservation, asking them to confirm and, and you know, reminding them that they can cancel the reservations. And it has been shown uh, through many studies in many states that if you remind people several times and give them the easy opportunity to cancel, it does improve the problem quite a bit. So I can give a great example of this. It's not in the camping world, but I... I absolutely love this. So, you know, our youngest goes and he sees specialists up at Lurie Children's Hospital in Chicago. We have some upcoming appointments. I get regular text messages reminding me that his appointment is coming up. And inside the text message at the beginning, it'll always say, all you have to do is hit Y or N. Yes to confirm. No, that you need to cancel this appointment. I start getting these about two weeks before the appointment. Then as we get closer to the day, so last week we were up in Chicago for an appointment. About, I would say, three to four days before the appointment, I got a text message that said, let's make check-in easier for you. And it had everything. It had a link in there that I could go to and I could take care of all that paperwork that I needed to do prior to check-in. But before just one appointment for Henry, I probably get, I would say, five, six, or seven text messages from Lurie Children's reminding me that this appointment is coming up. They're not aggressive. They're just... it, But because they're keeping it in the front of my mind, and we all know I've had an issue with remembering things lately, it's so helpful. And they make it so easy. Click right there. Yeah, it's, and if, everything if it's is right tied there. With, with a campground, if it's tied with, if you cancel today, you'll get your money yeah. back. And they if have, you cancel tomorrow, you won't. Yes, you know? <laughs> do it now. Because they will say too, and I think this is important, is the message will also say, if you can't make it, there are other kids who could use this appointment time. Yeah. And reminding you that there are other people that also yeah. could use time with those doctors and could use time in the clinic. So I uh, think you can tie that into camping yeah. and say, there are others waiting for this spot. If you are unfortunately not able to make it anymore, let's let someone else enjoy this. I, I can't remember which state it is, but there is a state that has done almost exactly that, where they're 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 playing on, on people's need to and want to be kind and help yes. their fellow campers and sending emails that are that are saying you're helping out yeah. you're helping keep the campgrounds affordable all that sort of stuff yeah and that they have found that to be very effective in whatever state that was i think when you give people a sense of not only responsibility but also like you said kindness, being able to pay that forward, having a sense of responsibility to others around you, and also reminding yourself that I could be on the other side of this coin. Like, uh, you know, I'm waiting to hear on the potential of some appointments opening up for the kids because they just don't have the space for us right now. So I'm on the other side of this coin right now. And I hope that, you know, if someone cannot make an appointment and they see these texts, they will release them and then maybe we will get that call and, and we can take that spot. And I, I just think that if you flip the mindset of that and you turn it from this negative, oh, I go to the campground and it's just empty all the time. If you take that and you turn it from that negative to figuring out a way to make it the positive for the person who couldn't make it, to really let them know. Yeah. I think we would see a, a big difference in how people responded to canceling their reservations if they no longer have yeah. them or have booked out, you know, seven when only they need end up needing four. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, and the biggest problem when it comes to this at at state parks and federal and, and, and local campgrounds, it, it really comes down to site selection mm-hmm. and the fact that we can we can select sites. Yeah. It, and if, if you were placed in sites by somebody and all the sites were the same size, it wouldn't be an issue. It, yeah. They would be able to deal with the with that flexibility. But we're going to talk a lot more about that and all the different sorts of solutions and why they're difficult and why it's a problem um, and some of our experiences with it more in the 
in the detour episode that we do, the sort of after the show show for Mile Marker Plus members that is available. Uh, they get their own podcast feed with these additional podcasts, and we also have a video version of it as well. So if you're not a Mile Marker Plus member, we hope you'll consider joining all the details are in the description for this episode. Absolutely. And as you can tell, we have a lot of thoughts on <laughs> this topic. So it should be a really good discussion over there on Detour. So we do hope you will join us and you will share your thoughts as well, because I think if we, <laughs> maybe if we can all come together, we can kind of maybe really start to get to the people that need to hear this. Well, so and what's we can figure too, it as, out. As different states try different solutions like at yes. least they're trying yes so and this is it's really only been like the last two years that i've noticed states really trying to solve this problem we can see what's effective in which state and then yeah. and use that in different states all right that's going to be over on detour so come on over and join us become a mile marker plus member we'd love to hear your thoughts it is time to take a little bit of a break and then when we come back we are going to talk about probably one of our favorite stops as we went from Baja to Alaska and that was Stewart, British Columbia with a side of meh, Hyder, Alaska. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> we'll be right back. Chances are you've seen them on the road. That's because Blue Ox designs and manufactures the best towing products in the industry. Just look around. You'll find them on highways and campgrounds and anywhere you find people traveling in the great outdoors. Award-winning tow bars, base plates, and brakes. A full line of weight-distributing hitches. Adjustable ball mounts and a new line of fifth-wheel hitches. With Blue Ox, towing doesn't have to be a drag. To learn more about how Blue Ox can make your travel adventures even more stress-free, visit blueox.com. We're back and we're here to talk about uh, one of our favorite stops on our way up through Canada. Truly, truly a wonderful spot. Stewart, British Columbia and its sister town of Hyder, Alaska. But first, we got a little housekeeping. Yeah, we've got a little housekeeping because we want to just remind you that if you are not signed up for our weekly newsletter, Road Signs, we would love to have you come and join the over 10,000 people that get that in their inbox on every Thursday. One of the really unique things we do over at Road Signs that makes it really special is that each week we feature a different story or a thought from Jason or I. You can only find them in Road signs. We have talked about ER visits. We have talked about the growing of time. We have talked about even just little nuanced moments in our trips from Baja to Alaska. And so that is just uh, a way for us to share our thoughts with you and then put them down somewhere where we can get them out. And uh, otherwise, these podcasts would be two to three <laughs> hours long. So if you are not signed up for the Road Signs newsletter, we would love to have you join us over there. You just go to rvmiles.com slash mailing list. It is also the place to find out everything that happened around the RV Miles universe that week because we hear all the time you guys have so much and how do you do it all and where is all of it? And we thought, you know what, if we just put it all in road signs, you have just one place to go to and you don't have to go and figure out which channel to find what here, there, or wherever. So rvmiles.com slash mailing list comes out every Thursday right to your inbox. So on your way up to Alaska, if you are interested in taking the Stuart Cassiar Highway, which is the route we took up there instead of the Alaska Highway, which is the more common route that people take, you have the options for this really cool detour off of the route uh, to the towns of Stuart and Hyder. So Stuart is, is the first sort of coastal city we encountered mm -hmm. on our way up. A lot of what we experienced on our way up through BC was beautiful, but it wasn't wildly different than anything that we had experienced in the States. The journey, the sort of 40 mile journey off of the main route over to Stuart was the first time we felt like we were sort of like in another world, yes. a different environment way outside of uh, what we had been experiencing. It was the first time we felt like, okay, this is what we were thinking Alaska was, was going to be like. And Stuart is right next to Hyder. 
Alaska. So there is a, a border there. So, the, But this is really way low down in Alaska. So this is not a route that you can then take up in through Alaska. <laughs> no. This is just like, it's just one town that you can go over and visit. Then you got to come back and continue driving up through the Yukon to get into to Canada. Yeah, we had going into Stewart, we had this really beautiful drive that was very fog covered and rain covered. And it really added that. In fact, the whole weekend we were there was pretty much just rain and cloud cover and fog and all. But, but it was so it's magical. Those, yeah, it's those kind of clouds that like the mountains are so big. You, yes. they, they sort of play off of the mountains and the, the fog plays yeah. off the mountains. And there were just waterfalls everywhere you looked running. And uh, the cloud would sort of move in and out. And it was the first time we saw a glacier. It was the first time we saw a bear, a bear. on like, this route, at least. We'd yes. seen a bear before, but it was our first grizzly bear. So we, we're driving this 40-mile drive into Stewart, and we see a, a, a big, a big, big grizzly bear just eating <laughs> on the shoulder of the road. And we sort of slowed down for it a little bit, but it was a little... It was real close. I was going to so. say, some of, some people in the truck were not so comfortable with slowing down. But, you know, you see it when you see one for the first time, like in the wild like this. My eyes played a trick on me and I didn't think it for I, I couldn't believe there's no way that that's a grizzly. I was like, there's just no way. Yeah. And then you're just like. Oh my gosh, it's 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 a grizzly. And I'm I'm sure Jason, for those of you watching, is gonna overlay the footage of us passing this grizzly so you get an idea of just how look, close we were to it. The the brown bears up there I mean, brown bear and grizzly is the is the same thing. They are the same species, but where you see grizzlies in throughout North America, they may look different based on their diet. We learned that in Denali. They're, they're, they look quite different in Denali. They're smaller and they're like a, a, a almost blonde uh -huh. in Denali um, than, you, than what you might see in like Montana, right? And that has to do with their diet in these different areas. And I feel like up here, they almost look groomed. They yes. almost look if like they just got out of the salon and their hair is fluffy and <laughs> like went, it's like they went and got some highlights. Like. They they look just like a uh, what you would imagine a bear would look like in a in a movie and not like you know what what you or actually a, see usually yeah. in or a boy band. Yeah, like <laughs> you know what it reminded me of. So when like. we were in Denali, the sled dogs in Denali are um, you know, the Alaskan husky, and yeah. it's not. The husky, the Siberian husky that most of us think about when we see huskies. And we were actually, at, when we went to one of the, the dog sled tour that we'll talk about in the future, they had like posters of all the movies that they had helped out with. <laughs> and the posters all had Siberian huskies on them from all these all these different movies about like the Iditarod and stuff. But the Alaskan huskies are nothing like that. It's kind of the reverse of that. Yes. Like they look like yeah. these groomed groomed huskies that's kind of what these bears looked like to me it's so amazing and you know we had what people would consider that weekend just atrocious weather because it was rainy and foggy and all of this and right as we were leaving i think on sunday it all cleared out and we get this really beautiful drive out which was also just you're gonna hear me say the word just start now if you're like taking a shot I'm gonna say magical like a thousand times as we talk about this area because it really was and I having had the beautiful sky the day that we were leaving and watching everything clear out as we were going and having the other experience I love Stuart in that rainy, yeah. cloudy, just, oh, yeah. so. If your goal is to go see that, I, I sent a, a photo to my, my dad and he, and his first response was like, is that real? Yeah. Um, if your goal is to see this sort of otherworldly green lush mountains with waterfalls, see a couple glaciers and see some bears and moose. You could just go this far and not go, and you can dip your toe into Alaska on top yeah. of it and not make make the rest of the way up to Alaska. I would, I would be very content to go spend a month in in Stewart. Yeah, and see, that's so funny that you said that because I was just about to say a weekend is a perfect amount of time yeah. to visit and it, Stewart. And it, is, it is. I mean, there, there's not as much to do there as no. as a lot of the other places up in Alaska, but. 
but there's a lot to do there still. So we saw our first glacier on that drive. Yeah. In, so let's talk about town. some of that. So we and saw Bear Glacier. It's called Bear Glacier, and uh, it, is our, it was our first view of sort of that blue glacier color, which oh. is just phenomenal. It was raining on us, and we didn't even care. Didn't care. And it, the rain opened up a little bit. I can't remember if it was on the way there or on the way back that it I got the drone out. It was on the way out. back, on the way so out, yeah. On the way back, I got the drone out to go get a couple shots of it. And I was flo- I flew the drone almost as far as I could, <laughs> and I was floored at how far away it actually was yeah. and how large it actually was. So this isn't a glacier that you're going to go walk on, but you see from across the uh, across the river from the from the side of the highway. So there's going to be a pull-off for you to take. You can get out and take your pictures and or just stand there and look at it. Yeah. I mean, you'll never forget your first glacier. <laughs> and for us, that was our first glacier. And that was really quite phenomenal. And then to keep going, then to see that bear, and then to get into Stewart. And we headed for, we kind of came in a little late that day because Mm -hmm. this was also the day of the big gas debacle, the gas on Jason's head that we talked about on last week's uh, detour episode. Uh, We did make it to the gas station. There is a gas station right there before (laughs) it splits off to 30 or if you're heading to Stewart, you're going to go 37A. And so we were a little late getting in and we stayed at Bear River RV park. And this ended up being about 42 US dollars a night. It's 55 Canadian dollars for full hookups. That's 30 amp water and sewer. I think uh, the sewer and 30 amp are really generous <laughs> descriptions. Yeah, I mean, this place, like the, the 30 amp plugs were not, they were not housed in any sort of electrical box. No, they, no. And they were like an inch off the ground. They were very low, but they worked, and the setting was gorgeous because it was right up against sort of the mountain wall. We had actually intended or had thought about taking a look at the dry camping, but because of all of the tree cover there and because of the weather that weekend, there was going to be no solar to be had. So we went ahead and did the 30 amp. We did have our power watchdog plugged in. So we felt comfortable using something that looked a little sketch, but we felt comfortable with it. So that's where we stayed. It ended up, ours was first come first serve. The only way you can make reservations with them is to email them. You cannot do online reservations. This is something you're going to hear us talk a lot about for a while now with these episodes is just sort of the show up and find a spot, which is what we did here. We found two really great spots and the campground was busy for sure, but we were able to find spots that accommodated there were several Us. there were several seasonal workers in the campground mm-hmm. uh, utilizing it. This was the first town I feel like we were in that was sort of like that quintessential uh, self-sufficient coastal yeah. Canadian or Alaskan town. And so it's all sort of it's really kind of a tight-knit community situation there uh, where everybody knows everybody and everything. And as a matter of fact, like we pull up and the campground office is generous calling it an office um (laughs) just has a sign on the door that's like call this number for payment um and we tried to call the number nobody answered and clay ended up he was walking through town and talking to this guy and this guy was like are you guys the people that just pulled in he's like oh yeah i'm I'm the guy that comes and takes the money so i'll you know i'll just see you in the morning and we'll do it then and don't worry about it so it's that kind of situation that kind of atmosphere very laid back cool town but with some sort of touristy things to do but really just a lot of beauty and a lot of nature there is a wonderful the the waterway is just sort of right there um i believe it's actually a canal but it it's essentially ocean uh and you can go out on these wonderful boardwalks that they have right by their visitor center out into sort of this open um, marshland that's on the edge of it where there's often moose. Um, there was just tons of wildflowers, lots of birds when we were there. It was just a, a, a great place to catch some wildlife and and views of the, the fog rolling in between the mountains. Waterfall, waterfall, waterfall. So yeah. this is going to be mid-ish to end of June that we were there. 
And, you know, one of the things you can walk into town from the campground that we were at, which we did, it's a really small little just uh, one road, like Main Street area with some history to it that you can learn a little bit about. Visitor Center, some very helpful people in there that want to help that want you to really get to enjoy the area. So utilize that visitor center for sure. I've just realized we had to correct, we have to correct something here. Oh no. This was not a full hookup campground. This was, this was electric only because we then had to go to the town dump station. There is a free dump station water fill in town that we did utilize after we stayed here. This was electric only. Was it really? I'm so confused then by their website because there might be some full hookup sites or something, but we used the, the, the there was a great, it, not great, there's a town dump station that is a dump station. I, yeah. They're not, they're, none of them are great, but, you know, it was like a two-lane dump station that was uh, a little hard to find because the map did not take us to it, but we, we did utilize it, and it worked out pretty well. Welcome to RV Miles, yeah. where we are just two human beings who... <laughs> have done way now, too much in 2023 to remember it all accurately. So thank you for following along the really jagged, twisty turns of our brains as we relive Baja to Alaska. Now, Jason and Abby <laughs> didn't know a lot about what we were getting into coming into Stuart Hyder. No. And the reason a lot of people go to Stuart Hyder is particularly to go to Hyder, Alaska, mm-hmm. because Hyder is a place where you can drive up to Salmon Glacier, and that's a glacier that you can actually go out and walk on. Plus, it's a really good, there's a really good spot there to see bears. You, you cross the border, the, the, the border crossing into the U.S. was, there was no border crossing. No. You just go. Um, and they tell you, there's signs that are like, you have to declare whatever. The way back in, um, it, you do go through a Canadian border inspection, and you talk to the person and show them your passports and tell them if you bought anything and all that sort of stuff. And (laughs) if you're bringing it back to the States or consuming it in Canada, all that, all that kind of jazz. Uh, So it's a little weird getting back and forth. It's kind of silly to be having to deal with the border crossing when it is just sort of like one, one town, essentially Stuart and Hyder basically are together, but we didn't really love our time in Hyder. We only did it, did one sort of day afternoon trip yeah. crossed over into Hyder. So the first thing we did was we went to this fudge shop that's right across the border and, you know, talked to the lady that works there who was a, a gruff Alaskan. <laughs> uh, but, but Who could have used some Canadian humor about her? <laughs> it, it, you know, it's a fudge shop with, with you know, with, they sell Ulus. You know, it's yeah. that you're going to run into a hundred of those places if you make a trip like this. Yes. Uh, and then we started to make the drive up to Salmon Glacier. On your way, there is a wonderful viewing spot to see bears when the salmon are running. Mm-hmm. We were there too early. So the bears were not in this stream that I think it's a forest service site that has been set up with with walkways, protected boardwalk walkways where you can overlook this stream very close to where the bears will be fishing. So this is a really the big draw for a lot of people that are coming to Stuart Hyder. It was just too early in the season for us though, because the salmon weren't running. So there were no bears over there. Even though we saw bears on our drive and we were told that there had been a few bears just wandering about town while we were in town. So definitely carry your bear spray if you're going on a jog or something like that. There are just no bears over here, but we could see how it would be such a really great place to see bears. Um, yeah. There was also, a, there's also apparently a really good place to get fish and chips, which hadn't been open for the season yet. <laughs> we drove over either. there, it wasn't open. And as we continue to talk about Hyder, we are uh, acutely aware that our experience or lack thereof uh, is not one that a lot of people told us is very typical of that town uh, during the more peak tourist season so uh, perhaps if you show up a little bit later in the summer your experience with the locals will be a little bit different than ours was Uh, we continued on from this bear viewing and we were going to go up to see salmon glacier but it became the road was still quite uh muddy and a little bit hazardous there was a lot of construction going on up there as well and it just kind of got to the point where 
it really was not well, the a weather, very enjoyable the, drive. The bottom line was the weather hadn't cleared up either. So yeah. it was so foggy that we we knew we probably weren't really going to see much of the glacier no. anyway. So and we it, kind of aborted that drive yeah. and, and headed back into town. And what we were going to do is the thing that everybody tells you you have to do <laughs> is you go to the this saloon and get hydrized, which is a a shot that you take that is yes. some crazy level of alcohol. So it was like Jason, Jamie, myself, and our uh, son, Jack. And Jack was not going to get hydrized, yeah. but he was just going to go with us because it was all ages were welcome in there at um, that time. It was in the middle of the afternoon. And we went in, and it was sort of like one of those experiences where you walk into like the local bar and the record player stops and it's like, right. And everybody just turns and looks at you, and you're like, "Oh, am I not supposed to?" Like it was like they did not. And I was like, "Oh boy!" And so we just walked up to the bar, and we were just standing there, and we were just like, just you know, waiting for the bartender. They were talking and stuff, and having been a bartender, I'm like very, very patient with uh, knowing that a bartender is often helping a dozen people all at once, and it can get a little chaotic. So, But there were like, like five people in yeah. here, let's and, be honest. Um, it became really evident that she was not really interested in helping us. She, she was having never, a conversation with a local. Never came and said a word to no, us. No. Uh, and then I think something... She did at one point pass by us and did say something uh, like, be with you in a minute, and, and then went off and continued our conversation. And so uh, we continue to stand there. It's probably now at this point been like five minutes or so. We're all getting really uncomfortable. <laughs> like Jack is like he's got, I think he's just got like Jason's phone or my phone, and he's just kind of playing around in the phone app. You know, Jack is a budding film uh, maker and he's just kind of like shooting around at stuff and this place has got signs all over about getting hider eyes like share with your friends they're going to have a band it's clearly clearly like designed to want tourists to come in it is a hundred percent designed to want tourists come in so Jack is just doing some random things on uh, a phone and one of the locals says to him hey no filming in here or something of that nature. I'm yeah. sure I'm yeah, paraphrasing, it. but yeah. and it and you know, it was sort of like, oh, <laughs> okay. Sorry. And so then we kind of just looked at each other and we were like, well, you know, we were gonna, we wanted to be able to share this in the Baja to Alaska docu series. That's clearly not going to be an option now. Um, they're really not interested in us even being. And in I here. don't know if we're ever going to get served anyway. So yeah, and we were kind of like, um, there's a really cool restaurant back in Stewart yeah. that we would rather spend our dollars at. And so uh, we just were like, okay, uh, thanks. We're we're just going to go ahead and get going then. So. Uh, <laughs> So, so we, we left. left. <laughs> we did not have the greatest time in no, Hyder. No, it was, it I was think, weird. I think... They weren't ready for the tourists. They weren't they ready were, for the tourists. They were ready. And I, and I think if the bears were there and the weather was better, we would have had a better afternoon. Yeah. But we we were so happy to go back to Hy- to Stewart, though, yes. because we we found so many... There's a bakery. There's uh, some great little shops. The visitor center is, is staffed with some really, really helpful yeah. people. And we visited probably our favorite restaurant on this whole journey, I think. At least our or favorite. close. Our, I would probably argue. Probably our favorite Canadian restaurant, I'll say. I would argue I liked some in Fort Langley as well. I, I don't I know. I still think this place I, beats out those. I, I do. But I, for me, I'll say this. Okay. It was my favorite Canadian restaurant that we visited okay, on, on the enough. whole trip. and. Be, partially because it's so unexpected, because it was a Latin restaurant, yes. which you never would have expected to be in this remote coastal community uh, in in British Columbia. But this was a, this restaurant's called uh, El Tostador. It used to be called Toastworks, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's been taken over recently by uh, these these folks that run a Latin restaurant out of it now, and. It is some of the best Latin fusion type food that I I've ever had, and again, that's after spending however 
long we did lot. in California, right? Yes, and and Mexico. And in, Me- and in Mexico, well, Mexico, it was a little different it's... because it's more remote. And and yeah, this restaurant was so great that we went there several times. Abby and I did, and then we, we did brought, breakfast and dinner. We went twice, uh, and we brought Jamie and Clay over and had them experience it because we really wanted them to as well. And what's what's really cool about it is they have a lot of outdoor space, they have a lot of indoor space, but it is it is a collection. Of every toaster that you can possibly yeah. imagine is all over on shelves, on the walls, and everywhere. And I mean, I'm not kidding. You never in your life would imagine that this many different models of historic toasters were even built, let alone it's a is somebody museum. able to collect them. But so it's a, essentially, yeah, it's a museum for toasters. And they have great breakfast. They have great dinner. They have great wine. They have great music going on in there. It's just a fantastic atmosphere. And I I just loved it so much. I thoroughly enjoyed it. We had, I will, I will give them this. We did have one of the best bottles of wine we had had in all of Canada. We did have there. When you're at a restaurant where they know their wine and they, Mm -hmm. they know how to recommend what to pair with what you're eating for you and stuff. They know how to pour it. They know the whole, yeah, yeah, it was, it was really enjoyable and it was quite affordable too. I know this probably sounds like, uh, oh my gosh, this must've been so expensive. Uh, it was, yes, but I also say it was affordable when you consider where you are, the environment you're in, what it costs to get the food up Uh, there. Go to the grocery store across the street and... (laughs) From, you will understand. From here forward, through the rest of our journey, every restaurant is expensive. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Since we got back into Iowa, Illinois, we'll, like, go out to eat or something. And I still find myself being like, ah, really? Only that? Yeah. Huh, that's not I know. cheap. I know. Because we've been so accustomed to West Coast and yeah. then up into these remote areas where and I'm not just talking about eating out. I mean, I'm I'm just trips to the grocery Groceries, store yeah. are yeah. just as expensive. Don't think you're going to be like, well, you guys ate out way too much and I'm going to save money. <laughs> Good luck with that. Like, unless you want to eat ramen for the next like yeah. eight weeks. The groceries are expensive. The groceries and, are expensive. And there's stuff that's hard to find too. Yeah. So. so this was a really great place. We hope that you check it out. We hope you can hear our enthusiasm for Stuart, British Columbia. It is absolutely worth the 40 mile detour to go and do this and spend a weekend or spend some time here before you continue on through your Canadian and Alaska adventure. And it is sort of the base. It's not really the southern terminus but it's the it's the sort of lower part of the stewart cassiar highway uh which is sort of the next leg of our adventure and we'll cover that on the next episode yes and again the adventure continues along this highway because it was pretty awesome all right let's take a break and when we come back we will check the level of our tanks be right back this episode is sponsored by the park wolf app ever found yourself in the heart of a national park surrounded by beauty but unsure where to go or what to see that's where ParkWolf comes in. ParkWolf is the ultimate app for exploring national parks. As you drive, the GPS shows you what's coming up on the road, and an audio guide will fill you in on what's there, so you can decide if it's worth a stop for you or not. Gas running low, looking for a bite to eat or a bathroom break? ParkWolf's got you covered. It keeps track of the nearest gas station, restrooms, food, and pullover areas. And the best part, it works without an internet connection. And if you're a wildlife enthusiast, you'll love ParkWolf's wildlife maps, and sighting notifications. So before you set off on your next national park adventure, download the ParkWolf app for your iPhone from the App Store. It's your ultimate guide to national parks. All right, welcome back to the show. It is time to check the level of our tanks, sponsored by our friend over at Matt's RV Reviews, Liquefied RV Toilet Treatment, the no BS toilet treatment. You can find it over in our Amazon shop at amazon.com slash shop slash RV miles. All right, Jay, what is in your black tank? I... I'm really frustrated with the price of stickers. I think I, I think I made this my black tank think, me several several weeks ago yes. in a different way. What I was talking about was that on that that black tank was about how businesses don't give out free stickers anymore. Yes. Because it used to be like you know you go to a, a bar you like or something or you go to a, a, a see a band and like they have free stickers available for you to like put on your on your RV or whatever like we like to do. Um, and 
I understand why now, having ordered stickers, because we ordered a whole bunch of stickers, a uh, bunch of RV Mile stickers for the homecoming rally. And holy cow, it's expensive to get stickers printed. Yeah. Why is it so expensive to get <laughs> stickers printed? It's unbelievable. You'd think what? You'd be like a quarter a piece or something. Oh, Jason. No, it's like two dollars oh, a piece. Jason, what is this? Nineteen ninety four a I, quarter? Look, Did you really it's a go piece in- of paper with oh with my a, gosh. with sticky on the back? Uh-huh. Okay, if you if you you I can get a book printed a book yes for like five dollars. Okay. One single sticker costing me $2 plus is wild. I so love when you have to dive into like areas of the business that you don't normally have to do because he was doing all this sticker and I've been down this sticker path many a time and he's over there just like, what? (laughs) What? Why is this so expensive? Blew my mind. <laughs> he was just like, I don't understand this. What? How is this costing so much money? I mean, just we literally like, just spent like $350 on stickers. I know. I know. I, welcome to the world of stickers. It's it's the thing now. It's the it thing. There's sticker clubs. There's literally like, I'll give you my sticker if you give me your sticker. People go, forget the days of business cards. Business cards are out the window. Business card cost me like 10 cents a piece. Yes. And no one, nobody and does nobody this. wants Nobody one. wants your business but card. It's the they same want your sticker. Thing. Okay. They want your sticker, especially in the RV world. They don't want your business card. They want your sticker. Yeah. So I just they should be similar costs. Supply and demand. That's what I'm supply saying. Supply and demand. So all right, anyway. what's in your fresh tank this week? Uh, my fresh tank is something that has also been my fresh tank before, <laughs> uh, but it has made a change. So it's something called Masterclass. Uh, I was first introduced to Masterclass a couple of years ago when I kept getting ads on Facebook for it, and then Abby's brother kindly got it for me for Christmas, a, a year subscription. To masterclass, and what it is is some of the biggest experts in things in the world doing a full, true class on whatever they're an expert in. So there's like that famous FBI profiler uh, does like a class on reading people and you know knowing when somebody's lying and con- <laughs> and and negotiating and convincing people. Did that work with your kids? <laughs> no. Do uh, you have I any? I haven't watched this class. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, but you can get little clips of classes. You don't have to take the whole class either. You can get little clips of classes mm-hmm. through it and stuff. And it was very, very expensive. It was like $300 a year. Yeah. My So my fresh tank is that they've dramatically reduced the price of it. It's now, if you do the monthly subscription, it's $10 a month. So it's much less. And uh, it's. I think it's well worth it for... I uh, like adult continuing education. If you want to like learn about uh, creating your business, expanding um, your expanding your offerings at your business, or, or working with employees, or uh, learning how to cook, just expanding something you're interested in. Like obviously, cooking for me is never something I'm going to bring into what I do here at RV Miles. I mean, maybe a little bit. Every once in a while I do the worst RV cooking show and I'll I'll do a little something with that. But watching that whole masterclass from Alice Waters was yeah. like mind-blowing. I'm pretty sure I fresh tanked that back in the day too because I just... it. It spoke to me as like how I want to be as a cook and I'm already very excited to be able to bring some of her ideas into our kitchen as we move into the apartment. And, and her class was all about, instead of teaching you how to make like restaurant quality meals, right. her class was all about how to be a home cook, like for yourself, yeah. how to make your own meals. And the same thing with Gordon Ramsay's class. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's Gordon Ramsay, like you can watch him on TV anywhere and see him make fancy restaurant <laughs> meals. But if you want to see how Gordon Ramsay cooks for himself at home... And he does, he does use some of the colorful language that he also he uses on television. But, you know, whatever. It's just words. Uh, so it's. I agree with you. Um, I saw you watching something today, and I said, oh, we have Masterclass again. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, it's, it's only well, 10 bucks a month now. They dropped the price of it. And our son, our oldest son, Jack, 16 years old, budding filmmaker, there is so much for filmmakers and writers in mm-hmm. there and he also wants to be uh, a, 
a screenwriter of some sort. He wants to get in some writing. Uh, so there, there are all sorts of novelists uh, and television writers that have classes on there. And then there are filmmaker classes from people like Ron Howard. So it's really, uh, it's really great for him as well as part of his homeschooling. Yeah. Really, and they are sort of like structured classes with additional uh, worksheets and stuff that you can use from like really, truly amazing people. So I, I, it's, it's far worth it. If you, um, they give me a, a couple like free trial things to send to people. If you want one, just, just let me know and I will send you the code. Yeah. Just email us over yeah. at editor at rvmiles.com. But if this was enough for you to be sold on it, you can go and get a subscription. We'll link to that in the show notes at rvmiles.com slash 291. What is in your black tank this week? Okay. So my black tank is so disappointing. Like it's just, I can't handle that. I have to black tank this, but I am black tanking the go-to place for RVers when we all want to buy new things to put in the rig for small living. And that place is, yes, I'm sure you all know already, Ikea. I am black Also the go-to place for like apartment dwellers and anybody all living people, small. Listen, people who live. If you live, <sighs> you go to Ikea. I am black tanking Ikea. We were just there last week on wow. our way up to Chicago. We stopped in to uh, look around. Because we have to buy all new furniture for our new apartment. All new furniture. (laughs) (laughs) Or thankfully, there are a lot of people that have stuff that I love when someone hears that you're like moving and then they're like, oh, you should just come to my house and take whatever you don't need. It gives me an opportunity to buy something (laughs) myself. Both of our parents are like, just take everything. We want new stuff. Um, So we go... And we wanted to look at couches and a bunch of stuff. And we had some things here from some different uh, furniture stores that we were interested in. But we thought, look, we're going to go to Ikea. We're going to price this out. I don't know. Okay, it's been about 13 months since I've been in an Ikea. I don't know what happened in 13 months. But Ikea was like, uh, hold the phone. I'm going to raise prices what what do you say? 30%, 40%? Y'all good with that? I'm literally going, you guys all know, like Ikea, you don't go to Ikea because you're like, oh, the quality at Ikea. No, the whole idea so is solid. you have to put the furniture together yourself. Literally. So it's a lot, and it's easier for them to ship, so it's a lot cheaper. Oh my God. So they have, here, I'm going to give you an example, okay? So there is a side table. It is three legs and a round piece of wood it's painted white that thing I walk up to it and I'm gonna look at it because I'm like okay this this could work like you know in the kids room I'm thinking 30 40 bucks you know something like that 150 dollars and I'm thinking how what is this made of I pick it up thinking maybe it's made of like heavy wood or solid wood no, no no it's not and I'm like <laughs> it's 150 dollars then I see this chair that I'm like this is this is a nice looking chair like you know I, I could I you know not bad. I could put this in the bedroom. $400. And the little teeny tiny footstool that went with it was $200. I am not opposed to paying quality money for quality furniture, but nothing about what's being made at Ikea has changed. The only thing that has changed is the price. Don't look at me with your pleather no, couch. No, it's, it's the same design furniture. They haven't even no. updated a lot of their $2,000 for that pleather couch. And I was like, Look at the legs on that well, thing. What, that is, that's crap. And we all know that, that prices have gone way up in the last few years for everything. Inflation has okay, raised the price sure. of a lot of stuff. But we're furniture shopping at other places like Ashley where... <laughs> I, listen, listen, if, <laughs> if I am holding Ikea at the bar of Ashley Furniture... You know something's wrong. I Listen, we went into, we were like, let's also go and price check this over at uh, Pottery Barn. Like, let's just go in. Yeah. We were in Skokie. We're like, let's go over to Old Orchard. We're going to go into Pottery Barn. We're going to check out, like, Sir La Tabla. We're going to go into these places. We're going to look because this is where I really want to be buying my stuff. The price difference was so close between Ikea and Pottery Barn that I was like, yeah. it makes more sense for me to spend more right. money why would buy you, this. Why would you buy it from Ikea and have to put it together yourself? And when you can go, go we like we just did, we went to Ashley and bought a sofa that they're going to deliver and they're going to set up and it is better quality than anything else was at yeah. Ikea and it was less 
than some of the sofas that we were looking at there. Uh, really, I mean, at the end of the day, what I really wanted was that Costco sofa, but then, it, you know, how Costco when you, is. And then you have options like it Costco. Just you have options like, there's so many options out there now. I IKEA was, just that you there's no bonus there's no, no the affordability then they trick you because they do have some of the really little cheap items like mm-hmm. if you want to buy if you want to buy plates you can get our you can still get our 50 cent plates yeah yeah uh, that are you know the glass plates but that I are going to break you. but but everything else is expensive I see you IKEA with your big giant pillows on the back of a couch but like the actual Back of the couch. The back of the couch is, is like really teeny, low, yeah. Tiny, tiny. Yeah. So there's no actual support. But I see what you're yeah. doing. I see where you're trying to make me think now that like I'm getting something big for my money, but I'm really not. And I was so shocked because, as all of y'all know, all the rigs, I mean, the, the whole Sabre was like yeah. outfitted with IKEA. Like from top to bottom almost and at a price point that was affordable. And so that was back in 2021. And then we were back there again in 2022 to pick up a few more things. I don't know what happened in 2023, but I was so just like shocked that we, we left with like two things. And that was only because Henry really needed another stuffed animal (laughs) (laughs) all right what's in your fresh tank so my fresh tank this week is also just kind of a tip um we have been cleaning out fordo from baja to alaska we talked about you know really giving it that nice deep clean and if i did not mention and i think i did but i just really need to stress this again seat covers seat covers seat covers especially if you have children especially if you have children but even if you don't have children if you have pets if you plan to be traveling full-time in that truck or for long periods in that automobile cover 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 those seats so we have had Fordo covered from almost the moment we bought it back in 2021 both the front seats the back seats we've had floor mats down in there rough country neoprene seat covers yes. well, I th- thank we you did for remembering it. yeah uh, we did mention it last week on the podcast yes. as well but, but it I wasn't just, your fresh tank no it was not my fresh tank and I just want to mention it again because I cannot believe how beautiful that truck still looks and I know what we've done in that truck I know where we've been in that truck yeah and and that truck looks spectacular it's a pricey investment but I am telling you it is so worth it later on especially for resale value of the truck or just for ease of cleaning out stuff like when you you oh my god I can't even go into what the water looked like when it was draining out of the washer when we were watching those gross. things because it, it was real gross yeah. it yeah. was real gross yeah so the, the the investment in seat covers and good quality rugged floor mats has really made a difference yeah. ones that you can pull out and spray off with the fire hose if you need to and ones that are cut yeah. for yeah. that particular yeah. model that you own and so I, we are very much, again, doing this with Tessie. Like, Tessie's getting covered. Jason has gone back and forth with me on this. No, I'm but... not going back and forth on you. I want to get seat covers for the Tesla. Yeah. The problem is we have the seven-seater Model Y, and nobody seems to make seat covers for it. I know, and we've put the one in the back that needs the seat covers the most. Yes. Although, actually, I, to be honest... Ethan and Jack are just as bad. They are. They all are. <laughs> so, so, but, and we're going to have to put like a towel or something down in the, the yes. very we back are, bench. We, we have got, we've owned this vehicle now for like a month. Mm-hmm. We have probably gone longer not eating in this vehicle uh, than any other vehicle. Yeah. We always say we're not going to eat in our vehicles. And then, and then 24 hours then later. We do. I mean, do you remember when we bought the Chrysler Town and Country? Yeah. And so we buy this minivan. We're giggling. This is like back in, I think, 2014. We're giggling hysterically because it's so enormous. We've never owned anything so big. Now it seems so teeny tiny. And we get in and it's beautiful. It's so nice and clean. And we're like, we're never going to eat in this. We're driving it around. We're literally like, we're never eating in this. We bought the thing. We leave the dealership. We're driving. It's just Jay and I because we've got all the littles at home with a babysitter. <laughs> We're driving and we, <laughs> we see a white castle. <laughs> and we're like, huh, we don't really have a whole lot of those around us. And it's been a minute. 
that <laughs> we pull our brand new minivan into a White Castle. And you don't want to go inside and hear no, White no, Castle. No, dis- my- no, come on, have some self-respect, okay? <laughs> have self-respect. So we have just said maybe an hour earlier, we're never eating in this thing. And then here is Jason and I with our little sliders and our little crinkle cut french fries. And we're trying to be like really dainty and... <laughs> There are probably still fries in that minivan. <laughs> Whoever owns it now st- has still has some of, of the fries from our children. Hundred percent. Yeah. There are. There's probably Yogi melts. And but we're not going to eat. We're not going to eat in the Tesla. It's no, not going to happen. No, and we're covering Tessie. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Tessie's getting covered. And if we needed any other, you know, like proof. Fordo is the proof as to why you should be covering. So please do that if you can. We will link to, in the show notes, rvmiles.com slash 291, the covers that we use. I, the Rough Country covers, were, we, we actually bought them because they were some of the most affordable yeah. ones we could find. And they turned out to be just great. Oh, really great. so clutch. And yeah. uh, also, I think we have like the Husky liners yeah. in the truck as well. Yeah. So we'll share all those and you can go take a look at them. I think they're all in the shop to begin with, but I'll link to them anyway. That's it for this week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. Yes, it is. We did it. Thank you all for joining us for yet another edition of this show. <laughs> I'm always so bad at getting us out of here. Y'all know the drill. If you haven't left a five-star review, please consider doing so. Please head over to the RV Miles Facebook group and join us over there. And of course, just a reminder, if you have not signed up for road signs, you can do so at rvmiles.com slash mailing list. A new edition of road signs drops into your inbox every Thursday. All right, everyone. We will see you next week. Stay healthy. Stay out there doing things and keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody. Bye.